you or someone you love needs help for an addiction, where do you turn? Foundations Recovery Network offers individualized treatment for the whole person. Our goal goes beyond short-term sobriety. We address substance abuse and co-occurring mental health issues together, providing a firm foundation for long-term recovery. The first step is often the hardest, but we're here with a free assessment, insurance information, and treatment options. Our confidential helpline is available 24-7, so call 877-714-1318 and discover the Foundation's Recovery Network difference today. This is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Silver Guy Radio. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. Had a lot of emails lately about humans music. Man, what is that dope-ass song in the beginning of the show? What's the intro about? Uh, so, finally, after months and years, I don't know how long it's been since uh, since Humans has been kind enough to uh, to let us play the music to intro and outro the show. And what's up to my homeboy, Robbie? Uh, man, miss that dude. I got to talk to him. Robbie, if you're listening to this, man, hit me up. Uh, but thank you for letting us use the, use the music. And we finally added a link in the show notes page. It's dashumans.com if you're interested in finding out more information about Humans Music, uh, when they're touring. Uh, they have merch there, and uh, you can also find them on Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, of course, uh, but you can go directly to their website. That's dashumans.com, D-A-S-humans.com, and uh, we'll put that in the show notes along with our other sponsors, Foundations Recovery Network and Sober Nation, and uh, you can find that in each episode's show notes. We're going to talk about relapse today. We're going to read some emails. Love getting the emails from you guys. It is uh, a bit hard for me to keep up with all of them between the corporate show and the work that I'm doing on that and Sober Guy, but I really do do my best. So uh, I appreciate you guys reaching out, asking questions. I don't have all the answers. I can't answer everything. I can only share what's worked for me and what hasn't worked for me. And I think that's what I'm going to do a little bit today is read a couple emails and dive in uh, to dissecting a couple parts of them and give you some, uh, some of my thoughts on it. And hopefully it can help someone out there uh, who's listening today. So before we do that, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can get past episodes there. There's resources there. You can contact us. You can look at our social media page. And in fact, I just updated the website. So please go there, check it out. Um, the uh, the social media is on there, our Twitter, our Instagram. You can follow us on there and uh, keep up with what's going on each week on the Sober Guy platform. And also please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, it's a big help. We have some great reviews. I think I posted them up on uh, on Instagram recently, and uh, it's always cool to see those too. So I appreciate appreciate you guys um, reaching out, staying connected, and uh, talking to us because it really does add um, to this great community of sobriety, of recovery, whether you're doing it in the private Facebook group, which is still active, by the way. I haven't talked about that in a minute. Let me, let me touch on that real fast. We have a private Facebook group called Sober Guy, Sober Girl. So if you're on Facebook, you can jump on there. You can request an ad. My lovely mother or my lovely wife, the two admins of that group, will, uh, will uh, check you out in there and make sure everything's legit and that you're not a bot or a spam artist or whatever like that, which we don't get many of those to my knowledge, but occasionally we do. They make sure it's legit. They approve you. They get you in there, and you got a great community of people uh, who are going through some of the same stuff in recovery, and they can support each other, ask questions. So if you're interested in that, you can go on Facebook. Just search Sober Guy, Sober Girl. You can find that private group there. 
But uh, yeah, go check out the website. It's all updated. There's some new stuff on there. Uh, there's an announcement about a new digital podcast video course I'm going to be launching. So I just uh, put a little promo video up there that I recorded uh, yesterday. So you can check that out there too. Now, if you or a loved one might need some help, you can contact Foundations Recovery Network at 877-714-1318. Uh, Foundations has nationwide residential and outpatient facilities, and they can provide a confidential assessment and review the best treatment options for you or your situation. Uh, once again, let me give you that number. That's one 714 Give them a call if you have some questions or need more info. The great folks over there, Foundations Recovery Network. Yes. So we're going to read a couple emails today. We're going to talk about them a little bit. I'm going to talk about them a little bit. Um, and uh, and let's just dive right in, I guess. Uh, says, I've never done this before, but I feel I may be struggling with alcohol. I drink often, but not a lot. I'll have two to four beers uh, almost every night. And uh, I'll have two to four beers almost every night. I said that kind of weird there. Kind of rolled off my tongue a little bit funky, so I wanted to repeat. Look at that. Getting it. The reason I feel it is a struggle is because I can't seem to stop. I could use the money elsewhere, but I want to keep drinking because I get bored or lonely. I'm not violent, but it's an easy way to relax and feel happy. I don't know what else to do instead or how to stop. I was hoping you may have some suggestions. My name's Jacob, by the way. So, Jacob, thanks for reaching out, man. I, I know I responded to you, I think, uh, uh, via email too, but I figured what the hell. Let's let's uh, read the email and, and maybe I can answer a couple questions for you. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, two to four beers almost every night. Um, I think, you know, like for, for somebody like me or I, th I think of Seth and I don't think Seth would, would mind if I kind of spoke for him because we've talked about this a lot too. You know, Seth could drink 20 beers, you know, and, and I'm not saying that's that's better or worse. It's probably definitely worse actually. But um, point being is that, and he would do it almost every night too. Okay. And Jacob's saying I drink two to four beers almost every night. Well, regardless of the amount, obviously it's a little different. I'm sure that people's tolerance levels are different too, but the concept of, of this all is not how many you're drinking. I mean, it's obvious if you're drinking 20 beers, it's a problem. It might not be as obvious for somebody who drinks 20 beers if you drink two or four beers. The point is, if you're doing it every night and you can't feel and you don't feel like you can stop, it's an issue. And for a lot of us, I know for me, I, I wasn't a 20 beer drinker. And I think Seth and I talked about this on last week's episode where I didn't drink, you know, 20 beers. I drank maybe eight, nine or 10, you know, so maybe sometimes I drank five and I took some bong rips instead, whatever it was, it was at a point where it got easy for me to justify because I could say, well, I'm not drinking 20 beers. I'm not drinking a bottle of, uh, of Johnny Walker, um, you know, every night or whatever it is, you know, it was easy for me to say that I, I I didn't have a problem as much, and so I want to point that out. To, whether it's two to four beers, whether it's twenty beers, if it's if it feels like a problem to you, then it's probably a problem. If you're questioning it, it's an issue. Okay, it needs to be addressed, and so uh, that's the first thing. Um, now you say I could use the money elsewhere. I don't know if you go to the I Am Sober app. Um, I think it's IamSober.com. Uh, they sponsored the show before. They're really good dudes over there putting a great app together. It's free. You can go on the iTunes uh, store, Google Play store, um, and you can download it there. I think you can go right to the website, IamSoberApp.com. And uh, you can find out how much money you've saved. What you do is you estimate, 
right? Um, you know, say, say you spent over the course of 15 years of your drinking career and you spent 20 bucks a day, do the math on that. That'll come out to how much you've saved in that allotted time. So when you put that in perspective, you could use the money elsewhere, go back and think about how much money you've spent on beer and cigarettes and Coke and weed and whatever it is that you're doing out there and, and, and check that out because that puts things in perspective. Like, holy shit, I could have bought a brand new truck with that or you know what I mean with with that money and um we can always use the money elsewhere man when I quit drinking uh it didn't happen immediately but over the course of the last five years I have a hell of a lot more money than I had five years ago I was fucking broke I, and I'm you know it's not like I have a ton of money or anything by any means so I don't want to get that twisted here uh but you know I'm doing okay right now our family's doing okay who knows what's going to happen tomorrow I don't I don't fucking know but Point being is that when I was drinking and using drugs and doing all that, I was I was in debt, like 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 behind in debt. I think we're all a little bit in debt in some aspect. Um, you know, if we have mortgages and car payments and and bills and taxes and all that stuff, you know. But to be behind in debt too, and just not have any money and constantly being, you know, barely able to breathe. Um, damn near getting evicted, getting your water turned off, getting your lights turned off. I've, you know, I've been through all that shit and, um, yeah, it, it was, it was tough and it was, uh, I definitely could have used the money I was spending on, on drugs and alcohol elsewhere. That's for sure. So you might want to, uh, take a tally on that. You can do that on that. I am sober app and, and look how much, you know, you've spent or how much, uh, how much you could have saved. How'd you do that? That might help you you know, ease up a little bit or stop. Um, now you also mentioned too getting bored or lonely, man, get a, get a hobby, exercise, take a run, lift some weights. Um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. Go jump in the pool. If you got a, a, a gym, you know, do some swimming that's exercising, um, ride a bike. I don't know all kinds of shit you can do. I mean, there's tons of stuff, but you, you gotta, you gotta kind of think outside the box. Um, and you know, the boredom thing, I feel like for me, it was just an excuse to drink, you know, a lot of the time, oh, well, I'm, I'm bored. I'll just get fucked up. Like, why not? You know, and because it's an easy thing to do, especially when you're in, you're in that, when you're in that pattern. Okay. So, um, you got to find a hobby. You got to find something that you like to do and, uh, get out and do it. You know, what golf is a, a big thing. I've talked a little bit about that on the show before. I just got to play, um, just a few days ago. Uh, on Father's Day, actually. So, actually, speaking of that, thank you to my uh, to my wife for setting up a golf date for me with a couple of the homies, Nick and Kenny, and I went out and we uh, we played a little bit. And it's funny because I don't drink on the golf course anymore. I used to get fucked up. I used to get so tore back on the golf course. And by the time I got to usually like 13 to 14th hole, sometimes sooner, but usually about that time, number one, I was not you know, worried about golf anymore. Number two, I was pretty jacked up to where I couldn't really play. And a lot of the time I would just stop. I just wouldn't play anymore. I would just drive the cart and just, just continue to get, you know, trash because it's like, what's the point of playing golf anymore? And it's so much different now where, you know, that's something I like to do. You know, Jacob, you said here that it's an easy way to relax for you and feel happy. Well, you know, playing golf, and I'm just using this as an example, I have a, quite a few things that I do that, that, are relaxing and make me feel happy. But golf is one of them. When I'm out, I'm not drinking out there. I'm having a good time. I'm relaxing. I'm happy. I'm with a couple homies. 
we're shooting the shit, we're joking around. Um, I'm sober, you know. I'm not. I'm not in that mind state where everything revolves around alcohol, and I'm actually focused on playing golf. Now, does it make me play any better? I have some good shots here and there, which keeps me going, and a couple good putts here and there. But for the most part, it's bogey golf all day long. But I'm having fun doing it, and I'm able to relax. I'm able to enjoy the moment, being in the moment, and it's because I find something that I like to do. So that's what I would encourage you on that. Find something that you like to do. Um, those are my suggestions uh, for you, Jacob, kind of based on on um, some of my experience you know, also get out to a meeting, man, get in your community, find some other folks around you, some young cats. I know in our, you know, correspondence, we kind of emailed back a couple, couple of times. I think you said you're 22. So, I mean, you're a young dude, man. You got a lot of life to live ahead of you. And that goes for anyone else out there listening who's in their, you know, teens or early twenties, even mid to late twenties, whatever you start getting in your thirties, you're fucking old. Okay. I'm 36 now. Now we're starting to get old. We're going over the hill. It's on that other side now. I still feel like I'm like 26. Uh, but man, for you young cats out there, you got a lot of shit, man. Just be patient, chill. You know what I mean? Be patient. Um, enjoy the moment, relax. Don't feel like you have to have it all figured out. You ain't never going to have it all figured out. I'm 36. I don't have it all figured out. My sponsor is 52. He doesn't have it all figured out. Uh, you know, we're never going to have it figured out. That's just the way it is. We're constantly learning and in process and we got to be able to be cool with that and sit in that each day. It's fun. It's like a fucking game, like figuring something out new each day. I love it. I love waking up and trying to, what the fuck is God going to do today? You know what I mean? I mean, that's that's the kind of perspective. Is every day easy and, you know, is there challenges along the way? Absolutely. It's part of life. Get over it. Let's move on to this next one. Um, uh, he says, hey, Shane, my name is Jeff. This one's a little longer. I'm going to dive into this one a little bit more. I, I kind of, you know, and, and, and by the way, I want to mention too, okay, I went through these emails a little bit ago while I was writing some show notes. So I'm actually in a hotel room right now, as a matter of fact. Um, and I don't ever give times and dates, but, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a Thursday night at 1122, you know what I mean? And I'm finally just getting some time to record this before I, it goes out tomorrow on a Friday. And that's how this thing rolls. Sometimes I do it in the moment. Okay. I try to plan as best I can, but, it, and I'm only telling you this because it applies to life. It applies to the daily things that I go through each day and that you do probably too. You got to live in the moment. I'm not saying don't have a plan, but like Mike Tyson said, um, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And then what the fuck do you do? So you got to be able to flex a little bit and just understand that shit's going to work out just the way it's supposed to. Okay. So some of these talking points and little notes that I wrote, uh, I wouldn't even call them notes. They're just kind of points that I want to pull out of this email because it's a little bit longer than, than Jacob's was. Um, I don't have answers to these written down. I'm going to answer them right off the top of my head. Okay. So I just, I just want to be, you know, open about that because I think that's, that's really the best way to do it is being open, just being real, being in the moment. And if, when you take that and you let go and you apply that to the daily grind of shit, man, life is a lot easier. All right. So, uh, it says, Hey Shane, my name is Jeff. I'm, I'm 46. I went to my first meeting when I was 16. I'm now seven months sober. Um, congrats on that, by the way, man, that's awesome. Um, which if you do the math, it doesn't add up, but that's because I am the champion revolving door drunk and addict. I'm so good at messing up. It's not even funny. Welcome to the fucking club, Jeff. Um, actually you have, 
you have a little bit more experience, it sounds like, than uh, than myself and uh, and uh, probably some other folks out there listening. So maybe um, you should be welcoming me to the club about being the revolving uh, drunken addict or whatever. We're all in the same boat, is what I'm saying. Uh, he said, "I'm so good. It's I'm so good at messing up. It's not even funny. I've been through eight or nine treatment centers." A few sober living homes. I'm currently living in one. And I have done numerous tries at 12-step meetings. I've gotten a couple of uh, strings of sobriety, but I was never really sober. I took fake it till you make it, and I turned it right into my own program. Faking it for a while was great, but eventually it falls apart. Right now, I have nothing. I have a crummy job. I have no money. And if I didn't have this uh, sober home, I'd be homeless. I've lost marriages and friends and family. This disease has devastated my family and my family and his two brothers have died from the disease. Super sad, man. Um, and that is just all too common. It sucks. It definitely runs in families. Uh, but uh, let's see. Jeff goes on to say, I'm at the bottom and I only can go up. Here's now here's the bright spot about this. And I'm going to touch on this. We're almost done with the email. I'll go into some of these points here. But um, he says, I have an amazing little girl who's 10. Okay, so we have amazing times together. We go shopping, watch Netflix, make pizza. Um, and I remember when I, I think I wrote this back to Jeff too when I first read this. Like, okay, so you read the shit. Like, I have nothing. I have no money. I'm in a sober home. Like, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm reading this the, the other day. And, and all of a sudden, this love just fucking jumps off the page and punches me in my face when he starts talking about his daughter and how it, she's his world. You know, and and there's something about that when we pot when we focus on the positive. And, and I'm not saying that we have to be blind to, to to our reality. The reality is, you know, maybe Jeff has a, a shitty job he doesn't like. You know, doesn't have a lot of money right now. He's in a spot that he's been in that fucking revolving door. I get it, but we can look at the reality of that and find a way to sit in it in the moment and be okay with it. And that comes through working a program, you know, st the step meetings, meditation, prayer, all that stuff that we talk about putting in the work behind that. And also what I'm learning is just being patient, just being patient and where, right where I'm at and not trying to always look to the next thing, which is really fucking hard to do, really hard to do sometimes, especially for me, because I tend to have these grandiose ideas and, you know, I think it's great to have visions and dreams and stuff, no doubt. You got to have that. It's what, for me, it's what keeps me going sometimes, but also we got to be able to sit right where we're at the good times and the bad. And, you know, a way we do that to bring this back around and then I'm going to finish the email. It's just about wrapped up. Um, but is that we were able to focus on the positive stuff. And so Jeff starts talking about his daughter here and it's just like, wow, man, you can feel the love there, man. And that he's does like fuck all the other stuff. Like he's got something you know, that really means something to him and that he enjoys. And so he goes on to say, the reason I'm telling you all of this is because I was wondering, what would you do if you relapsed? Would you continue the podcast? They say relapse is a part of recovery. So would you honestly share that? What's your experience with relapse? Maybe you could even do a podcast about relapse. It's important to talk about, I think, to let people know that relapse doesn't mean it's over. Maybe you could share what you do, what you do if you relapse and maybe reassure people in, in relapse, they're okay. They can still come back and the door is, oh, the door is still open to them and it's always open. Uh, it's a great email, man. Uh, it's 
so many good points in there. I kind of had to break it up a little bit and uh, and check it out. So Jeff, thanks for writing in. You know, good to talk to you a little bit through email. I'm glad to be able to read this. And let me give you a, a couple takes on this. Like I said in the beginning, I don't have all the answers. I don't know, um, but I'll I'll do my best to share some of my own thoughts here. Um, you know, you asked what you would do if you relapsed, and it's funny that you asked that because I've had that thought many times. What would I do? And it's, if I'm all honest, it's kind of scary. And I don't really know. I don't know that I have an exact answer. I'll tell you what I'd like to say. Now, what I'd like to say is, oh man, what I would do is, you know, um, I jump right back into, uh, you know, to my meetings and, um, you know, I'd, I'd really buckle down and I'd really, you know, reach out to my sponsor and, I, I, I want to say that I would do all the right things, okay? But the honest to God truth is if I relapse, I might fucking die, like straight up, I might die. <laughs> and I'm not saying that to be, um, you know, negative or, 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 or be dramatic or anything, but I'm, I have to be honest with that. And, and that's, I think that it, depending on how you look at that, it can be a good thing because I'm so scared of what would happen, it that keeps me going every day to stay on point with my with my program and knowing that um, I could, you know, hypothetically that could happen any day. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know, you know, how I'm I'm going to respond in a a traumatic event. Let's say, you know, what I'll, I'll give you an example here. One of the scenarios that plays in my head sometimes, which a lot, you know, most of us have them is what would happen if I lost somebody close to me? Would I be able to stay sober? And, you know, once again, I'd like to say, of course I would. I have a very strong program. I have the podcast. I have great community around me. I have um, resources. I'm open, Um, you know, but the honest to God truth is I don't, I don't really know. You know, I don't know, and I only know what I know right now in this moment, and that is what I have to focus on. I can't get caught up in trying to future trip on what could happen, you know, what might happen, what if, you know, and I understand the question too, so I'm I'm not trying to, you know, kind of work my way around it. I'm just, I'm being honest, like I don't really know what I would do but it scares the shit out of me. And that alone is enough to motivate my ass to just keep going. And I will say one thing too, this podcast, this platform, I think even for me to recognize the impact it's had in helping to keep me sober is way more than I even realize. You know, there've been times in the past where, you know, I've thought about going, going back to that. And, you know, it hasn't been in a while, thankfully, uh, and I feel, you know, like my my sobriety gets a little stronger each day. But, you know, there's definitely been times and the the responsibility that I feel, um, you know, to continue on and, and be able to do the show and 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 be sober and uh, and not just because I, I feel obligated that I'm like trying to save the fucking world or anything or or, um, you know, be this recovery person or not even anything like that just for the main fact that I really fucking enjoy it. <laughs> I really love doing this. 
it's um you know it's it's something that is is very passionate I'm very passionate about and it runs real deep and I've put a lot of work and time into this so to think about giving all of that up you know my my not just the podcast but even more importantly my family my kids my wife all that stuff in in a relapse um it scares me now that said, if you haven't turned this off already because you've <laughs> because you've started to think, holy shit, I relapsed, oh fuck, you know, or you know, maybe like you're, you're like Jeff and you've gone through this. That said, there's hope if you did because it is part of the process for a lot of people. They've been through it many, many times and they keep coming back. And I'll give you a good example of that, an episode you can go back and listen to with Amy Dresner. I believe it is episode 175. Um, and Amy, who is, she wrote the book, uh, my fair junkie and she was in and out for years of the program. I mean, in and out, she had some really fucking serious shit happen too. I mean, she went to jail. She went to a psych ward for a while. She lost her marriage. Um, you know, lost a, a lot of, uh, friends and family and I mean the whole fucking nine yards everything with her so if you really want to hear some stories about relapse you know that would be a good one to go back and listen to uh is is episode 175 because I've I've been able to string together till this day you know four years and however many months it is four and a half years or or so right around there uh without going back out and you know I thank God for that every day um but the hypothetical thing, I don't really know. One thing I know is that it's scary. It does scare the shit out of me to think about that. And it, it, that's what keeps me vigilant in, in moving forward and, uh, and not going down. And plus, you know, if I'm really honest, like I don't even want to fucking get like drunk or anything or high or anything like that. It doesn't sound fun to me anymore. Like I like to be in control of my emotions and my mind and I, I want to be sound and sharp and on point and like know what the fuck I'm doing. Like I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be in that mind state ever again. That's just, it just doesn't even like, it doesn't really cross my mind like that anymore. Like, oh man, I could really, I'd really like to do that. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's just the time right now in my life where I'm at. I hope it's not, you know, but uh, and I know for some folks who are out there and maybe early on in their recovery, that's a really hard point right now where you do just want to get high. So I feel you on that. You know, I, I was definitely there in the first couple of years, you know, too. But I think as my recoveries went on, it's been less about like wanting to get high and just more about how to trying to figure out how to deal with life, like life shit on life's terms. Uh, the program is definitely more about life than it is about not drinking. Not drinking is a huge component of it, no doubt, especially in the beginning. But as it goes on, you know, it, there's so much more to it. And you're not really going to understand that unless you dive into some sort of program, some sort of community. Um, now, the next question, and I took a little bit longer on that than I wanted to, but I just got going and that's just the way it is sometimes. But this next question, would you continue the podcast? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's an, another I don't know question. I, I mean, it's it's hard for me to answer a couple of these, you know, with with certainty. Um, I'd like to say that I would, would definitely continue it, you know, because it, it'd be a, a bump in the road, you know, no, no pun intended. Cause there'd probably be a lot of cocaine involved in a relapse. But, um, and if I came back from that, um, 
you know, hey, I would I would hope to finish and continue on with the podcast and and serve as an example of someone who fucked up and you know went back out and it's not like it's hasn't happened before. You know, this is the more I the more I hear myself talking right now and talk about this, I don't even like talking about this to be honest. You know, hundred percent transparent right now. This feels fucking weird to talk about relapsing. Like I I haven't gotten there yet. I hope I never do. Um, and so it's really, it's, it's hard for me to talk about it and relate to somebody out there who's going through it because I haven't, that's not my story of recovery right now. You know, it's not, I haven't been through multiple. I was so, I was so ready to get sober when I went into treatment. I would have fucking eaten a piece of shit. Probably if someone scooped up a big fucking hot steaming pile of dog shit and was like, Hey, you are going to eat this pile of dog shit, but you're going to be sober afterwards. I would have fucking ate the shit like straight up. That's how bad I wanted to get sober. And I didn't, I just would have fucking, I, I wouldn't have cared. And you know, point being is I was very motivated when I went into rehab like that. I was just, I was done hundred percent done. And so you know, this story is is not my story. That's why I'm going to go back to this one more time and move on to this next question. Go back on the relapse part and and really listen to uh, to Amy's episode because she she dives into that quite a bit more. Um, last point I made here about this email was um, about the door still being open, and and I think we'll end with this uh, tonight. Today, whenever you're listening to this, I'm recording it at night, day, day, night, day. I'm fucking tired right now, but um, the door's still open. And, and that is, I mean, that is just a huge thing. You know, that there's, you're never alone. Even if you go in and out, in and out, in and out of the rooms, like Jeff, you know, has done, he's been through multiple treatment centers and sober homes and 12 steps, you just don't give up. Do not give up. And, and I'm, I'm going to say it again. I remember back with Amy's episode in 175, that was one of the main points is don't fucking give up. Like keep, like they say in the rooms, keep coming back. Keep going back. Like if you want to get sober bad enough, you know, you'll do it. You'll eat the shit. You'll, you'll eat the shit if you want to get sober that bad. You're just going to have to suck it up and do what it takes. And if you if you can't, you know, put it together, just don't give up. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And, and Jeff says here, you know, reassuring people in even in relapse, even in fucking up, even in, you know, whatever it is, they can still always come back. You can always come back. The doors are always open in the recovery community. And that's the beautiful thing about it is people have been there. Like you think you're alone in something, you're not, you're not special. Like there's, I'm not special. You know, we're all not special. We're all in this shit together. It's the same thing, you know? And so when you start to feel like that, if you're out there feeling like you're alone and you know, you're the only one going through this stuff, like you're not. And you know, just step out, get to a meeting, get to your church, get to a group, call a homie, call your sponsor, do whatever it takes. Just get out of your own head. That's a big thing. The door's always open. Keep coming back. Um, I'm going to wrap it up here tonight, today, like I said. And uh, like I said, like 50 times. I don't know why I continue to do that. But I uh, I appreciate the conversation with myself tonight. 
<laughs> I do that sometimes. I forget I'm the only one on the mic. I'm like, yeah, I enjoyed discussing this. Well, I didn't really discuss anything because I just fucking talked to myself for the last 30 minutes or so. But you know what I'm getting at. I do enjoy reading the emails. I enjoy, um, uh, you know, responding to them to the best of my ability. I don't have all the answers for the third time tonight, but I do my best to share some stuff. I hope you heard something tonight that spoke to you and that, uh, that, that made you think a little bit and made you want to continue on in your uh, recovery journey, um, your sober life, your sober uh, fucking whatever it's called. I don't even know at this point. I think I'm going delirious. Go to that sober for past episodes, resources. You can contact us there. You can support us uh, by leaving us a review on iTunes. Check out the new site, by the way. I know I, I, I plugged it in the beginning, but go on there and leave us a, a comment. Um, follow us on social media all that good stuff thank you for listening peace love respect have a great motherfucking friday if you're listening to this have a great weekend and uh, don't forget to keep your blood clean oh yeah